0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber, or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Bored of too many ads and dull, meaningless chat? We've got neither. Joy Drive. Smart, fun radio.
1: Drive down any beachside resort at the moment, down the Mornington Peninsula, the Ballerine, wherever you go, even to regional Victoria, and caravan parks are absolutely full. And start, a short stay accommodation booked out. It's that time of year. Well, what are our consumer rights when it comes to short-term accommodation? Uh, Nicole Rich is the Director from Consumer Affairs Victoria. Good afternoon, Nicole.
0: Hey, Warren. How are you?
1: I'm well, thank you. Uh, what does uh, what's Consumer Affairs Victoria's role in regulating caravan parks?
0: Yeah, we've actually got a couple of roles. So it's good uh, for your listeners to understand. Obviously, it can depend on whether you're going to stay in a caravan park on a temporary basis on a holiday, or of course, for some people, it's their home um, and they're living there. And we actually have a role in both scenarios. So, you know, if you're renting a site as a holiday maker, then you've got consumer rights. And if you're living in a caravan park, then you're a renter and you have residential tenancies rights. And either way, we're there to sort of help with information advice and, if needed, some compliance and enforcement functions too.
1: So caravans are effectively regulated if it's your home like any other rental property?
0: Yeah, that's actually right. So, I mean, obviously, there's there's some unique features, but a lot of it is basically the same as in a private rental, and so it should be. I mean, I mean, if you're a resident in a caravan park and you're renting there, then you should have the same protections as any other renter.
1: Um, I noticed when uh, when I've stayed at caravan parks in the past, and, and as, as a young kid, my parents used to take us to caravan parks all the time, there were always lots of signs everywhere, some handwritten signs, you know, a bit <laughs> yes. of obviously printed signs. Is there a standard set of rules that each caravan park follow, must follow? Because I found that there were, you know, there seem to be different rules at different parks.
0: Yeah, that's that's right. So there do need to be rules. I mean, essentially, I mean, whenever you've got a community of people living together, I think that's a good idea. There's no standard set of rules, but any of the any park operator can can make rules, and they would generally about be about the use of the park, who can enjoy what. Facilities in the park, who manages it, you know, who's got the ultimate sale control. So the rules under the law, the rules do need to be fair and consistent. But if you're going into the caravan park, essentially it's like a, it's a term of your contract with the park operator that you're going to comply with those rules. So they will apply to you and they can be, uh, you know, enforced if there's an issue
1: if you uh, say if you set yourself up in a caravan park over the entire summer break are you considered a resident
0: ah uh, so this used to be a little bit of a kind of gray zone but this has been fixed. So we've talked before about the rental law reforms, um, but this issue was also fixed up. So under the law, there's a couple of ways in which you become recognised as a resident or a renter in a caravan park. And one is, you know, if you've been staying there for longer than 60 days, you're living there, then you become a resident. But obviously, if you're just on a long holiday, that's probably not appropriate. So now the law recognises that if you're genuinely there for a holiday purpose, you can stay longer and you're not going to suddenly become a renter. Um, You'll still just be considered at a holiday maker. That's, now some people actually
1: buy a caravan and a site in a particular park don't they can you talk us through
0: how that happens? Yeah that's right so I mean obviously you can you might rent a site as a renter but yes that's right for a lot of people at this time of the year you'll be going to a caravan park maybe as part of your holiday plans and some people that's right they might buy a caravan or have a permanent caravan or they might have like a permanent site at a caravan park as a holiday maker or they might have like rights to use a site, um, or a caravan as part of a sort of share arrangement. So it can actually really vary depending on the arrangements with a particular park. So it, it, it actually depends on your contract, uh, and yeah, whether you buy, you know, buy the caravan and rent a site or m- maybe you've got renting rights to both. I mean, my kind of summary or take out for people is sometimes these contracts can be a little bit complex. So if you are thinking about, you know, entering into that kind of an arrangement or agreement just make sure you really read the contract carefully understand what you're getting into understand what your financial obligations are going to be understand how often you're actually going to be able to use the caravan park and just make sure you're comfortable with that i'd I'd definitely suggest even getting a one-off piece of legal advice about What your contract says if you're thinking about entering into one of them, just to make sure that you understand it and that you're protected.
1: We're chatting with Nicole Rich, the Director of Consumer Affairs Victoria, about consumer rights or our rights when it comes to caravan parks and other short stay accommodation. Nicole, I can imagine, like, if I was to travel around the country in a caravan, at the end of it, I'd be sick of it and I'd want to sell the caravan. Is it like selling a car?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, well, look. The second-hand caravan market in Australia is a hot market, right? Is it? It's really popular. Absolutely, and you know caravans are not a cheap item to buy. Like that is a significant purchase, and these days caravans can be pretty amazing as well. But you're right. So there's a big market for buying and selling second-hand caravans, and you're absolutely spot on. So those people travel around for a year; it's time to sell. Um, so there. In some ways, it can be a bit like selling a car. In other ways, it's like selling, you know, an expensive consumer product. So generally speaking, um, you may well have rights under the Australian consumer law that we've talked about before. Um, if you're buying a caravan, particularly if you're buying one off a, off a business, if you, if it's a private sale, it's often works a little bit like when you buy or sell a car in a private sale. You might not have rights under the consumer law if it's a private sale, but there are, usually some obligations around things like the need to um, tell Vic roads that you've transferred Mm -hmm. the ownership of the uh, because it could be considered a vehicle in some cases you might need to get a roadworthy before you sell the caravan as well so just make sure that if you are the proud owner of a caravan but you're looking to sell it that you are really clear on what your um you know what your vehicle obligations are around that as well as your um sort of just general buying and selling obligations are
1: Nicole, here's a hypothetical for you. I've got two caravans set up. One is one of those beautiful 1960s caravans, you know, that little shape. It's been painted. It's got all these. It is just pristine condition. looks gorgeous. The other one's a more modern one with all the conveniences you could ever imagine. Which one would you go for?
0: (laughs) I was worried you were going to ask me that. Look, (laughs) look, I mean, in terms of the look, you cannot go past the more vintage caravan. Uh, the modern one is obviously really comfortable. It's got all the mod cons, weren't? But these days, it's a bit like home renovation. True, if it's a vintage caravan, but when you get in, it's got all of the modern facilities. Then maybe I'm going to lean towards that. Okay, all right. Don't mind the aesthetics.
1: Okay, I'm going for the comfort one now. Yeah, uh, fair enough. On a serious note, scammers are everywhere at the moment, and caravan parks, or I assume, are no exception. Uh, is Consumer Affairs aware of any uh, scams that might all relate right, to yeah. caravan parks?
0: Yeah, thanks for that question, actually. We are a bit worried about because, like I said earlier, it's actually quite a hot market, you know. They're really popular. You can understand why. Great way to travel around, good holiday making. Um, But unfortunately, that is a bit of a honeypot for scammers as well. So we have seen a couple of trends. So one is like your good old-fashioned rental scam can really happen with caravans as well. So you get this scam where... You know, a caravan or a caravan park is advertised online. It might look legitimate, they have photos. They might be offering to sell you the caravan or they might even be offering renters, you know, a vacancy uh, to live in a caravan park and sort of often preying on people who are a bit vulnerable with the current tight rental market. So you might be attracted to that offer. You might even get to inspect the caravan. So with some of these rental scams, you might not get in to see the property, but with these caravan scams, you know, they might have rented it out for a week. So they pretend that they are the owner. They might even take you through the caravan, but once you've paid your deposit or in the case of a renter, you know, you're renting your first your first month's rent and your bond, you might never hear from them again. Oh, it no. turns out that it's a scam. So I just really encourage people to be aware of that and just check really carefully if there's any online deals. You can do things like a reverse image search just to see if it's really the right you know, that caravan park or if it's been offered elsewhere. Go and talk to the park operator before you trust that this person really is the owner of the caravan so there's a few things you can do to protect yourself it's yeah you do need to watch out also we know that fake tradies often actually use because they travel around and they'll kind of prey on a local community and then move on so they often use caravan or holiday parks as a bit of a base so you know if you're living in a a regional area and um you know maybe there's been some sort of an emergency that's hit and in the aftermath fake tradies will move in live in the caravan park and um Mm. go around for a couple of days or a week so just be aware of those kind of um scams as well
1: so um also there's been some media reports lately about faulty caravans are you getting many calls from the public about those
0: yeah we have had a few so i'd Um, Also a really good question, Warren, I'd just urge people, like people are really keen to buy caravans and they can often be great, but we are getting reports of defects, you know, quality issues, delayed supply of caravans that people have bought and are waiting for. We know, you know, our colleagues at um, at the ACCC, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, they've put out a report being really concerned about the increase in reports from consumers about problems with caravans, and even at consumer affairs, we've received close to we received close to five hundred reports from the public last financial year about caravans and trailers. So we are quite concerned about this issue. So again, if you're in the market to buy a caravan, I just really encourage people to do their homework. Like it is a significant financial purchase, so make sure you shop around. Make sure you do some searches. Look at the CAV website, our, which is our website, or the ACCC's website. Just make sure you're fully informed before you hand over any hard-earned cash for a caravan.
1: Nicole, let's uh, move on to Airbnbs. They're very popular this time of year, especially for New Year's Eve parties. Are there any rules that are specific to short-stay accommodations that we should be aware of?
0: Yeah, you're right. A lot of people will also look at Airbnbs or other kind of similar short-stay accommodation. So there are some rules that apply to short-stay accommodation. So firstly, you know, you're right, we do get some complaints about the use of, say, apartments or units. People will book them out, you know, on a short-stay arrangement and they might throw a party in them and it can be unruly. So there are some rules that apply and some rights for the other owners and residents in, um, you know, like in a shared apartment complex if that sort of thing happens. So we could talk a bit more about that, but there are some rules that apply and also there can be penalties if the owner that's renting out the apartment is not making sure that there aren't kind of disruptions or unruly parties Happening, um, and then more generally, um, short stay accommodation is covered by the consumer law. So, um, you know, as a consumer, if you're booking short stay accommodation, you'll generally have some rights under the consumer law. If you're booking through one of those big platforms, but also the terms and conditions when you're booking essentially form your contract. So they will set out a lot of what your rights are going to be. So I just really encourage people again, you know, the terms and conditions can vary. So make sure you understand what your cancellation and you know refund rights. Are going to be um, make sure if there's any kind of hidden extra charges that you know could apply um, those kind of things uh, before you um, book and go along on your holiday.
1: What if someone is thinking of having a bit of an unruly party on New Year's Eve in a short stay apartment? What are the uh, what are the penalties?
0: Yeah, so I mean, hopefully our listeners are very responsible and yeah, this is Joy Drive uh, family. But we that. might Absolutely. know someone. <laughs> but look, we're probably this I am I would bet there's somebody listening who's unfortunately had this happen. Yeah. So, you know, in um so there were changes made to Victorian's uh owners corporation laws. They're the laws that apply to, you know, um apartment complexes and townhouses where, you know, there's more than a couple of uh, uh, apartments and we've talked about that before. So those reforms do allow the owners or the residents or even the owners' corporation itself to take action against owners and guests as well. Owners and the guests will be jointly responsible if there's any problems. So uh, ultimately they can um, the Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal can impose fines. Uh, of over $1,000 anytime there's a breach. They can also award compensation to affected residents if there was, you know, real disturbance from a party. Um, And and they can actually go as far as kind of banning an owner of an apartment from being able to do short stay or, you know, hire it out anymore if it's been a problem for a period of time, like if it's been happening again and again and they're just not a responsible owner. So, again, I just really encourage people. I mean, I hope that's not happening or if it happens, it's a one-off, but... If you've got a really kind of um, big problem with this, do have a look at what your rights are. And, you know, I always sort of say go to the Consumer Affairs Victoria website if you want to understand a bit more about how that works and what you can do about it.
1: Because it's such a fantastic website full of so many resources. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us throughout the year. The information you've provided has been invaluable.
0: Thanks, Warren. I hope that that was helpful in the lead up to the holiday season. And, of course, just wishing you and listeners a really nice end of year and um, New Year's as well. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Same to you. And we'll uh, chat to you next year. Thanks, Warren. Thank you.
1: That's Nicole Rich, the Director from Consumer Affairs Victoria. Don't forget to check out the Consumer Affairs Victoria website, consumer.vic.gov.au. Joy Drive on Joy 94.9 FM in Melbourne, Joy on your digital radio, Radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com or the Joy app, no matter where you are. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy